Jonathan Yee, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Andrew? Good. Welcome back to another episode of Airholics Anonymous. How's your week been? It was solid, you know. I mean, as good as it can be. So for those of you that don't know us, uh, we just started our semester about three weeks ago. We just finished up the third week. So far, so good. Um, the, the craziness has not hit us yet, but we're counting on it. It should be here any any week now. Are you sure? <laughs> the homework never stops. <laughs> the homework never stops. Oh, that's true. But 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 it's it's once you start adding in like the tests and the quizzes, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember I was thinking about so the beginning of the semester for me has been a lot smoother than last semester, at least I think. Mm-hmm. But thinking back to it, and my girlfriend mentioned it to me too, but I had forgotten about it. I felt really like well collected calm and then i remember just like week six i would say maybe week six or seven it was just like it all came down and i was like oh my god there's way too much going on and i had my first mental breakdown of the semester last year wow yeah yeah so we'll see if i could get past week six but you know last last semester was pretty good i only had one mental break wow i think i mean i i think my my worst mental breakdown was my first my first semester at CPP after transfer, but after that, it's kind of smooth sailing. But I think for me that the hard part is, I mean, cause our school is, you know, semester system. Right. And so what ends up happening is around, I want to say like week 12 or like week 13, you start to really feel sluggish. Like you've just been yeah. learning the same exact topic and kind of, you get really bored and really unmotivated. And that's when like, that's really when it matters though. Cause like, that's going to be the make it or break it. Like you either get yourself out of that, like little, rut between like maybe a, a B or like a, a B plus or like a B plus and an A minus or something like that. But yeah, that's, that's the toughest part for me. Yeah. There, that, that like, you're right, right around that time. I was always really jealous of the quarter system because quarter system is like 12 weeks or 10 weeks, right? 10 weeks mm-hmm. and you're done. Right. But, and so I wanted to transfer into a, a quarter system school because I figured, you know, 10 weeks is a perfect amount of time. You just start like right after that, you start burning out. So 10 weeks would be perfect. Right. But it turns out you get much more done in um, semester system. So that's why our school converted from quarters. Um, but I guess I can't complain. You are right though. That burnout is pretty fierce. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I guess, you know, going into this. So we, we talk about, our experience in school and, and with, you know, the semester and stuff like that. And I was wondering, um, have you, have you, Andrew, t- ever pulled any all-nighters while you, while you were at CPP or even maybe at your JUCO or community college? So we're going straight into it, right? This is the episode. I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. So for those of you that are listening, this is uh, the unofficial title is engineering school myths kind of want to get a, give you guys a better idea of what engineering school is a little bit like. You know, there's a lot of myths out there. Do you have to pull all-nighters? Um, does your GPA matter? Um, we have something else here that says curves are fat. So these are some of the things we're going to be talking about. But to get back to your question, uh, Johnny, have I ever pulled an all-nighter for school, right? Um, right. No, the closest. So no, never at Cal Poly. 
um, the closest thing I've had to an all-nighter was when I was at my community college. Um, I had my physics. This was the semester before I transferred into Cal Poly. I had a physics final, and the next day I had a Calc 2 final. I think it Jeez. was Calc 2. And I spent so much time studying for physics, I didn't leave myself enough time to study for calculus. So what I did was I studied for physics all up until physics. I took my physics test and immediately after what I did was go home. I ate, I slept for about two hours, I think two, three hours. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up at like three or four in the morning and I studied until my test, which was at like eight in the morning. So it, not an uh, uh, actual all nighter. It mm -hmm. was, it was close. I got, you know, just a few hours of sleep. Um, and then the next closest time, which really wasn't, it, this definitely wasn't an all nighter, but I studied up at UCR, the UCR libraries, cause they're open 24 hours. Um, I studied there until like, I think one in the morning one time, but you know, one in the morning is pretty typical. I feel of most students. Hmm. I, I guess it depends. Right. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess you can say that you haven't necessarily pulled like, I guess we would have to define what an all-nighter is, but right. Um, I, my understanding of an all-nighter is you literally, you know, you, you study until you see sunlight, like, you know, yeah, yeah. you study through the night. And I, I, I myself have had a couple of those. Um, for what classes? It was for calc. I, I mean, calculus. <laughs> it's always calculus. It's calculus. I mean, it, it's just so much material. And so, but this was all in junior college. So this is in right. community college. And so that was, but ever since I got to university, I have not pulled an all-nighter. I have never pulled an all-nighter, but you know, the worst I've had was definitely my calculus classes. And I remember I'd, I'd go into study, like I go to my workplace because my workplace had an office that was open basically 24 hours. I had a really nice boss that let me, you know, use the AC, let me use whiteboard and stuff like that. And I'd go in at night and I'd come out and the sun would be like shining. And I'd be driving home and I'd sleep like an hour or two, but I literally studied throughout the night, like no pause, just breaks, a couple breaks here and there, but I literally studied throughout the night. And so, I mean, some people may define all nighters as, yeah, like you didn't get any sleep and you're awake the next entire day and you're awake nearly over like maybe f around 48 hours. But for me, it was, no, I just did not sleep throughout the night and I was literally studying. So, I mean, I for did, sure pulled it. Did it work for you? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You, you need to sleep. You need to eat. Like really the best way to, I think, mitigate these kinds of things, like all nighters are basically, you know, you, you need to study before give yourself a week. 100%. prior. Yeah. So basically the, the engineering school myth that I think I had, I don't know if you had this, Andrew, is that you need to be pulling all nighters at certain points in your, you know, engineering career in order to, you know, succeed and would you consider that a truth or a myth i think it depends on who you are as a person mm -hmm. your uh and most importantly your study habits um of course um i know people i'm not going to name drop any but that's that tend to study very late um it's like late in and when i say late i mean late at night and also late in terms of, you know, the test is in a day or two. So they're going to start studying. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that doesn't work for me for more than what I, I tend to not function at night. You know that I'm a kind of now since this whole pandemic thing has started, I tend to be an early, um, early right, right. morning riser for school. And I like to get a lot of my work done in the morning as, as much as I can. Um, so I think it depends uh, really who you are. It, it can sure. work, but I am also a firm believer for me personally. And like I said, it, it varies for per, from person to person, but I think that like studying the, so studying for the day of the test and even studying the day before the test, sometimes in some cases is not helpful. I feel like right, if you right. don't know it, if you, the day of is almost useless. Like you might be able to, you know, grab an extra point or something and, 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 you know, retain some, some sliver of information. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're trying to point collect that, it, that is important, but um, that uh, for me, the day of, I typically don't study and that's changed a little bit since we went online. Um, I mm-hmm. like me and you and me and you and Jackie, we'll get together, shout out to Jackie and we'll like go on zoom and talk about, you know, some of the topics and material and stuff like that. Right. Right. But before this, I was the day of the test. I would, you know, drive to campus headphones in right before the test. I really wouldn't even want to talk to anybody because they, what I found is people would be like, Hey, how do you do this? And I would try to explain how I think to do it. Right. And then they would end up saying like, no, I think that's wrong or whatever. And then it would totally throw me off. I would get in my own head. I would try to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And, you know, sometimes I was wrong. Sometimes I was right. And and if I was right and they put the doubt in my head, then I might, you know, second guess myself and change up my answer really quick. So um, that's kind of how I work. I, I mean, for sure. What do you think, like in terms of that myth? I think, I mean, yeah, of course it depends. I think the myth comes from, my understanding when I, cause I, I was a strong believer. I was like, oh, you know, like once I get into university, like all nighters are going to be an absolute, it's going to be a must. It's a necessity. It kind of is a passageway for an engineer, right? Like you're not an engineer unless you've pulled a couple all nighters. But for me, my understanding is I've done it myself, but it's because I chose to put myself in that situation. Right. And it's kind of goes along with what you said, like about, yeah, you, you, like it depends on the person. I agree, but it's not something that you're going to be forced to do necessarily. It's something you can force yourself into, but it's not necessarily something that is like a passageway for an engineer. If you're if you're on top of your work, like, and we can argue yeah. about in a you know in a different episode about the you know juggling school, juggling a social life, juggling sleep. Right? That's a very that's a, it's like a meme, right? <laughs> Choose only two, but like we can get into that later, right? But in, in terms of you know, the ability to be able to do your work on time and not have to go into crunch time and, you know, be up late or not sleep at all. That's not something that isn't, you know, it's not a necessity. It's, it's, uh, it's something that you would put yourself into. And some people work under that crunch time and I'll be honest, right? Like I used to be like that, but I'm not like that either. Like Andrew and I, we both wake up approximately like 5:45 in the morning (laughs) and, and we actually zoom each other and we like, okay, let's get to work. Yeah, but that, that's how we function. And we, we go to sleep around like 10 to 11, like yeah. almost every day. Like, I don't think I can imagine myself sleeping at two in the morning now um, well, or not. Definitely even. not. Yeah. I mean, um, when I'm not in school, I tend to go to sleep pretty late. Right. Um, but when I'm in school, yeah, I'll go to sleep pretty early. I don't know if that'll change once I'm done with school and I have a job. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'll, you know, 
fall back into an old sleeping habit. Hopefully not, because I feel like the one I have is pretty makes me a pretty productive person. Mm -hmm. But I do want to follow up on something that you just said, and I think it's the most important part of this whole conversation. All nighters are not important, or, or all nighters are not mandatory if you are able to balance what you have on your plate, right? Like, right. I think, and and balance is like a really, really, I guess strong word if you will mm. um i think that in our lives are there there isn't much balance i mean yes we still make time for our friends to an extent um and our you know your girlfriend my girlfriend we still hang out with them right but mm -hmm. that's basically like it's it's only two days a week maybe right like right. you're not you're not taking three or four days you're not going out on a tuesday to hang out with your friends mm -hmm. monday pretty much monday through friday I would say 10 to 12 hours a day minimum, we are working on schoolwork. And so right. if you are not dedicating that time into your school and, you know, you're going out to see friends, you you have a job, you, you know, you want to go hang out with a significant other then yeah. Um, an all nighter is probably going to be more of a reality for yourself. Right. Right. And like those 10 to 12 hours are not just straight up like studying all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have club, we have projects that we're also doing. And so it's not an absolute, I mean, I, for me, I, I, maybe I'm desensitized to it. So I don't know that I'm always in a grind, but I kind of like being in that grind at this point. And so, yes, I agree. Yeah. When it, but it doesn't feel like a, a grind in my head though. It feels really productive and it feels good. It feels really productive. One thing that even before I was at um, university, but now more than ever, because I have such a busy schedule for, for those of you that don't know me and Johnny and are listening into this, me and Johnny are in three projects each. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're taking seven classes, six classes. Um, and so we have a lot of time investing. We're investing a lot of time in school, excuse me. And um, when, when I, I don't know how you are personally, but when I don't mm -hmm. have like work to do when I'm out of work, like I don't have school work or I'm not, I don't have project work, whatever it is. I actually feel like I'm missing something. Like, I feel like part of like, I always ask myself, okay, if I'm like, if I don't have anything to do, I must be missing something. So like, I have to check my list again. Right. And even, even if I know that, like, I have nothing else going on and I could really just sit down, take a nap, relax. I feel guilty at times when I just kind of sit around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel that way. Uh, I mean, I think we all kind of do. We all like to tinker and do stuff. And so, I mean, that's something I've noticed in like, over winter break because we just had winter break like what a month ago now around almost right yeah yeah like we pick up these little small pet projects and we start doing stuff like i can't just sit on my couch you know playing games all day or you know watching something on netflix like i like that and i like that like on like a small little drip but beyond that like i need to be doing something that i feel like is you know kind of I, I guess like yeah prodding at my you know like what i'm passionate about which is like engineering stuff and so yeah yeah, I definitely agree with that. That is very true. Um, like over winter, for example, just to give you guys an idea, I got a 3D printer over break, thanks to my wonderful girlfriend. And ever since, like over winter break, especially, not as much now because I'm in school, but over winter break, I was printing anything and everything I could just because, you know, it was I had that free time. Um, and also like picking up stuff that you can't do when you're in school. Like I like cooking, but, you know, it's a little bit harder now that I'm in school focusing and giving so much time to my classes and studying. And so, right. yeah, 
staying busy outside of outside of school is definitely a little bit easier than you know while you're in school right yeah and and basically what like why we're sharing all this stuff right and we're just on point one like of what we're talking about is we're just trying to paint a picture of the reality of how much work goes into school and the reality that you don't have to be pulling all-nighters all the time yeah like you can you can still get by in school without it but there is there's a pretty decent chunk of work that goes into you know engineering as a whole i think not just aerospace engineering which yeah we speak from that experience and we speak from the cal poly pomona program for aerospace but you know just across the board we think engineering is just you know it's it's a pretty big workload yeah i definitely 100 percent agree but not a mandate for an all-nighter like all the time that's not a normal at least not for me it's definitely not i not a normal at all like i said never really have done one um it just comes down to, you know, time management. The, the one thing you have to have as an engineering student it's is time management, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I think we kind of that, got that one, you know, right yeah. on the head. All right, so let's tackle the next myth. So All right, what you got for me? This is a very common saying, and this is something that I've experienced, and I think you have too, but it's the classic, I'm not good at math. Am I cut out to be an engineer? What that's do you think, great, Andrew? That's a great question. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. Really? Yeah. Go ahead, and then I'll follow up. Okay. I'm interested to see what you have to say. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I think I know what you're gonna say too. I mean, I I, I think we're so, both coming from similar stories and backgrounds. Yeah. So, so I I basically was not good at math from what is it junior high? Like I was I I was told I was really bad at math by my teacher. Right. Um, I, I was supposed to be in honors, but I don't know how I got into it. And I would, I would like average like a D or C basically going into high school as well. I did not do well in geometry. I did not well in um, like algebra one and two and stuff like that. I, I did poorly and I got up to calc one and I, I got a D in that. And I, 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 would, I nearly missed out on graduation because the condition at my high school is if you fail a class while in your senior year, you need to go into like summer school and you need to like, you know, get extra credit basically to be able to graduate. Yeah. So I was potentially, I would have almost missed out on walking and actually graduating if it wasn't for, you know, actually getting a D in that class. And so therefore I was just, you know, I was kind of, (laughs) you know, I had a bad history and bad rap with, you know, math and that even like followed me into college. And like I said, in my, in the first episode, I had a C and D. In, in calculus. And so calculus was really the bane of my existence, but I really put my head down and I really got the basics down and, and yeah, like I got better at it. And, you know, so a lot, I hear this a lot. A lot of people say, yeah, like math is just not my thing, man. I like, I hear that and I'm like, okay, I, I know where you're coming from and I'm pretty sure there's a sliver of truth to it, but you know, there's also like the possibility that you may just have had a bad teacher or a bad professor you may it's just have like, had a bad experience. You could have fallen behind, right? Because if you fall behind on like, you know, math or like a lot of just like, you know, a lot of courses in general, right? You, you fall behind and then after that, it's, it's really hard to catch up. And so, you know, I am a living testament that like I was not good at math, but I became good at it. I like forced myself, right. I like spoke it into existence that I'm going to be good <laughs> at math so that I can be an engineer. And math is extremely important in engineering. But here's a little, you know, I don't know who's listening out there, right? But 
engineers really try to avoid math as well, especially calculus. And you'll notice that later on down the road, um, we we don't derive and integrate all the time. We try to really avoid that. So it's yeah. kind of funny because you get taught all the, like everybody teaches you all this stuff, but then suddenly they're like, let's avoid it now. And then you're like, wow, thanks. Thanks so much. I took, you know, years of math, but yeah. But yeah. So on my end, at least I was not good at math. I became good at it. So like, you know, th- don't just, you know, it's not a first impression thing. Like just because you're not initially good at math doesn't mean that you won't be good at it later on down the road and that, you know, you can't be an engineer just because it didn't immediately like click with you right away. Yeah, I agree. So I guess I'll go ahead and give my story. I I, I told you guys a little bit about it in the first episode, but like Johnny, I, I was not good at math in high school. I actually also got a D, uh, but instead of getting a D in calculus, you said it was? Yeah. Um, I got a D in algebra too. That's how mm-hmm. bad at math I was. Um, granted, I didn't really try too much in math class. I, I came from a lot of math teachers that I thought were bad, but it could have been um, my, my, re- it, it could have been a reflection of myself, I guess, that I didn't mm-hmm. want to put in the time. Um, and I didn't, I kind of refused to learn. Um, and so I had to take credit recovery, as I mentioned in the first episode. And, um, I was actually told by my high school counselor, um, during my senior year, she said, I wouldn't advise you to take another math class because you won't get into college. And I remember being so excited that she told me I don't have to take another math class <laughs> senior year. But like after that, I looked back at it or thought back to it. And I was like, man, I should, I should have been so offended. I should have taken that opportunity to prove to her that I was better than what she thought of me. Um, and, you know, done good in it, but I didn't. Cause I was, I was young. I was naive. I didn't know what I, I was at. Like I said, at the time I was going into business, so I didn't care. Um, but then uh, I got to school and I wanted to be an engineer. So like you said, I kind of just forced myself. I didn't think I was going to get become good at math. And I'm not, I'm not the best at math. I'm not by any means a mathematician. I don't know proofs, I, I, you know, off the top of my head and stuff like that. But I have learned to really appreciate math. Um, and as an engineering student, you will learn <laughs> to whether you want to or not to appreciate math and what it tells you. Because Johnny, I don't know if you've experienced, I'm sure you've experienced this knowing who, who you are as a person, but like in math class, especially in differential equations, I feel, because you have like those really, really long uh, partial differential equations. And when you find the right answer to them, it's just so satisfying. Like when everything works out. Right, I don't know if right. you experienced that. That That's, that's, <laughs> that's a very, I mean, I, I entirely agree with you. That's something so rare and only happens in math classes. Once it, once you apply to engineering, that's not quite the case. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Where everything cancels out, and you're like, "Wow, like really you actually did it." Down. Like yeah. you have two pages of work, and you didn't make a mistake on the way. And granted, it's only happened to me like two times because I always make mistakes in my work, right? Right. But um, that is a super satisfying feeling. Um, so you you'll learn uh, to, to appreciate math. I, I always used to say the same thing, right? Like I'm not a math person. I, I can't do math, but like I said, in the first episode, um, I am a firm believer that you could do anything that you want to do as long as you work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, engineering math, 
physics, biology, chemistry, all, all, all the people that want to, you know, go into STEM, really, they all say the same thing. I want to do STEM, but I'm not good at math. And I, I hate to say it, but I think nine out of 10, nine, nine times out of 10, right? That person that's saying I'm not good at math is just not trying hard enough. Ooh, that's I, a hot topic. I, that, yeah, you know what? Bite me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I, I, I'll stand, I'll die on that hill. I'll die on the hill because I really do feel like if you sit down and you put, yeah, it's going to take more time. I agree. I'm not saying that everybody has the same opportunity to become good at math. I, I know that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people come from a school that, you know, focuses more on math and, you know, focuses more on STEM and in mm -hmm. turn, they're better. But mm -hmm. even if you're not from that school that enforces STEM or, or, or really, you know, wants you to do good in, in STEM and math, whatever it is, you could put in the time to become good at it. You just have to put in a little bit extra work. I agree. I, I do agree with you to that. You know, I think a lot of people are either given, um, they're, they're given a really poor experience of math or they just haven't really given it a, a chance. Um, but quite a hot topic right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but overall our like our conclusion, right? Yeah. What's conclusion? Um, well, so I, I do have something else to say that, um, the, the calculus that you mentioned, how we don't use it, it's it's so you take three semesters of calculus <laughs> and you you'll you'll almost never see it in well at least in our engineering program right like we we there's always a way to avoid calculus right. or, or most of the time right yeah and I mean, so yeah we always try to avoid it i mean there's something called laplace transforms that we deliberately use and right. this is getting into you know very technical but that's something that really avoids it and then if we do end up doing calculus we do like very basic right 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 yeah. um the the most calculus i've ever had to do was last semester when we did controls well actually two classes two classes so controls theory includes um some calculus but it was only for the first two weeks of class and then like johnny said we went to laplace transforms which literally laplace transforms were created so that complex math you know, you could do it a little bit easier and it becomes a little mm -hmm. bit more manageable. And then another class we took at our, our school, it's called advanced engineering mathematics, which deals with a lot of the math that goes into complex engineering complex or uh, topics, which directly affect things like controls theory. Um, and so we did a little bit of calculus in there, but it is nothing like, like you, you never remember in calculus too, when you did like the the solids of revolution and you are able to make like a washer. Yeah. That's not happening. And, you know, I think it's such like, I almost want to go back to my community college and tell my professor, my old professor, Drake, professor Drake, shout out to professor Drake. Cause he was like, I remember him saying like, Oh, when you guys get to or to your university, you guys are going to be using stuff like this because you're going to have to analyze like, you know, a cone or, or whatever my teach my my calc three professor was like you guys are going to have to analyze the flux using calculus three it's never it never goes like that we always find a different way to do it nine times out of ten it's well, always some different way they they're not technically lying a lot of our professors I, give proofs right and they use integrals or like flux like that's a double integral and we're getting right. really technical and we don't want to bore you with that but basically they start with it and they're like but we don't do this we make exactly. it much easier for you and then they give you a very simple equation that can kind of dumb down into basically 
algebra. Exactly. It's <laughs> always, and, and yeah, the algebra that we use is derived from calculus. Our, our, it's discrete calculus, right? That's what the actual terminology sure is. <laughs> I think, I think it's discrete calculus. Um, I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, but they're all derived from, you know, these calculus concepts and, and topics, but we don't use them. It's, it's very rare. Yeah. Very rare. So, but it's also, it's really ironic too. The reason I brought that up is because you take three semesters of it, you don't use it. And it's always, you know, calculus is always the class where people lose their will to be an engineer, right? You could make it through community or you could make it through college algebra. You could make it through trigonometry, but then calculus is where people start to like break at the seams. Mm-hmm. I know calculus was a huge shock for me because it's the first time you experience that type of math. You never, you never get calculus before calculus, right? Like it's intense when you get first hit with it. Um, so for that college community college student or that college student that, you know, is in calculus and they're struggling right now, it gets better. I promise. It's a grind. That's a grind, a grind for grind. sure. But, and like, I think it's really hard, especially for engineers or engineering students, because you can't really visualize much with calculus. Like if we're taking structures, you can visualize something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I feel like calculus is one of the most, it was, I felt like it was the first math that I was able to like, okay, I understand this conceptually. Right. right? Cause like an integral, oh, it's the area under a curve. And it's like, for me that, that like, I was like, okay, I could work with that. That just made my life a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a bridge in a sense. I think calculus is where you start, you know, getting beyond um, simple mathematics, like algebra, but you start getting like, you start being able to apply it in the real world. Like you can like calculate the amount of water that fills up the bowl and how many seconds it takes, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's still pretty hard, I would say, because it's hard to visualize. And I, for me, like when I'm taking a certain class, it's I, I try to visualize how the thing functions in the real world. But you can't really, you know, use calculus to just visualize. You have to apply it to something in the real world to, to kind of understand how calculus might work. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the end of the day, I guess what we're trying to get to. Um, actually, Andrew, do you have anything else you want to add to this before? No, I don't think so. I, I think you're 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 good to wrap it up. I think I like where yeah. you're going with it too. Yeah, we're not. Um, you know, math is important. It very much is, and I guess what we're trying to get at is don't be discouraged if like it doesn't immediately click with you. Like, you know, it, it doesn't. It didn't click for me. It didn't click for Andrew. It probably didn't click for many of us that are in in our shoes right now, and probably a lot of engineers out there that have created cre- like crazy things, and so. But but a lot of us we put our head heads down and we really grind it out, and we like force ourselves to kind of understand it, and that's kind of how a lot of our classes ended up being. So I think at the end of the day, like yeah, you may not be good at math, but if you have the endurance, the the perseverance to be able to get through that grind, then I think you're gonna be really fit for engineering. Like you're gonna be a really good fit for engineering in general, because there are a lot of moments where our classes are not immediately like clicking in our minds and there are a a few gifted folks out there that may have that right and i can already think of a couple in my head um andrew's one of them right but thank you thank you yeah uh but like you know everyone's gonna be good at one thing or you know another and i just so happen to be one that's you know not good at anything so instead i'm I'm grinding it out right and i'm grinding it out and I'm, i'm finally getting to understand it as i put in the hours and so yeah like 
math is just like the gateway to that. So if you guys are okay with the grind, if you guys are okay with that, and it's really rewarding at the end, yes. then I think you are fit for engineering. I think, I, I mean, that that might be, for, I'm, I might be speaking out of line here because I'm not quite there yet. But I, I think it's, you know, it's people that have the perseverance and the ability to be able to, you know, just kind of just stick, stick it through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, I agree. Yeah. So math is, you know, just because you're not good at it right now doesn't mean you're not fit for engineering by any means. Don't expect it to click right away. Don't expect any of your class, classes to click right away. No, it's all in the grind. Um, a lot of the classes that we get exposed to uh, now it, it doesn't make sense in lecture. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's a reflection of the professor. It could be, but a lot of the times it isn't, it just takes, you know, sitting down, trying to figure out the homework, mm -hmm. seeing, you know, seeing what works, see, seeing what doesn't work, um, right. comparing answers with friends. That's what, you know, it's going to teach you ultimately mm -hmm. that it's that experience and that grind. Right. That was awesome. good. That was good. That yeah. was good. All right. All right. Next engineering myths, Johnny. Does GPA matter? And you know, this is a little bit of a double-edged sword. Um, and but we're gonna give you our take on this um, because we're in the aerospace uh, side of things. So our our answer might differ from some other uh, some other people. But I'll, I'll let Johnny start this one off. Does GPA matter? I, I guess it depends where you're coming from. Is it going from? You know, I'll answer it in different ways, in different manners. So does GPA matter from high school going into university? Um, if you want to get into a certain college, yes. <laughs> um, you know, and the same thing for those that are transferring, I guess, from um, CC into a university. Yes, GPA is going to matter for you to get into the program because if your GPA is low, then, you know, a certain program may not accept you. And right. so if you're trying to go for an engineering program, you still need to be pretty, like, somewhat competitive because... I know for a fact that the aerospace program at our school is competitive. So you need an okay GPA to get in. Um, same with the mechanical program at our school and, and so on. So these engineering programs are, as what some people may say, highly impacted. And so you do need competitive GPA. But now let's speak from the perspective of our shoes. Andrew and I, we're both university students. We're already in the program. Does GPA matter for us? Yes and no, right? This is right. the part where it gets a little bit hard. Um, you would have to th start to consider throwing in the mix of experience as well. And um, what what is the goal of any student really going into university? And I, I hope you guys are trying to answer this in your head. It's it's basically to get a job, right? Like you want a, a job, and not just any job. You're not you're not trying to flip patties at McDonald's. You're trying to get a job that pays well. There's nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, by the way. Right. I mean, no, <laughs> McDonald's has a great program. If you guys, if you guys are trying to find a job, they actually pay for your school to a certain extent. So yeah, go out there and try to get a job at McDonald's if you guys want. It's a grind, <laughs> but right. it, it's, it's worth it. Right. But like our, our end goal is not to go out and, and just get, um, you know, a job that anybody can get, but we're trying to get a job that, you know, is, is hard and, and you need a degree to get, or some, for some people it might be a degree and more. And um, in that case, like, does GP matter for you getting a job out there later on down the road? Probably not. It doesn't speak too much. It's kind of on par with your SAT scores. It'll get you your first job. Your GPA will get your first job and it'll determine your pay. However, after that, nobody's going to ask for your GPA again. Very unlikely. Unless you go into your master's, unless you try to get a doctorate, they're not going to really ask for your GPA. They're going to ask for your experience. So that's when it starts to experience Trump's GPA. 
but for your first job and you know for you know how much you want to get paid for you know going into your first job your gpa is going to really speak volume so yeah gpa initially is going to be pretty important especially if you're trying to go for your internship it does give you a leg up if you have i believe above a 3.5 um specifically in aerospace engineering is my understanding and and i, I want to say i might hesitantly put a blanket statement and say a 3.5 and higher for any engineering internship or potentially um you know career path right is pretty favorable um just for the first job though. And then after that experience really does speak a lot more volume. And so, yeah, GPA does matter, but only like, you know, in the beginning of your career, yeah. like very, like very first job really, or like internship. Right. And then after that, your experience is really going to be able to get you out there. Right. And, but, but again, guys, take this with a grain of salt as well. Um, this is what I'm hearing from other people. So what I'm hearing from my mentor, Paul, this is what I hear out there. And this is what I'm experiencing as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's my take on it. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, so it's not so black and white. Um, I've heard mixed things from people around me, professors, you know, people in industry. Um, you know, I, I've overheard one of our professors, I'm not going to name drop who, who's told students that, you know, without a GPA, you won't get a job. Um, which I find a little hard to believe yet. Yeah, it'll probably be a little bit harder for, to, for them to get that first job, like Johnny said. But ultimately, eventually, you know, you're going to get a job. Um, to get an internship, you know, it is one of those questions that, that is asked on, on the, the application. So to my knowledge, they're going to be a little bit more drawn to those higher, like Johnny said, 3.5 GPAs. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily going to make or break you. I think, you know, it, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bonus point if you do have that uh, box checked, but you know, it's not going to make or break you, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it's hard to say, you know, every, every company is a little bit different. Um, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it was Elon Musk that said like, I don't care what school you went to or what, what grades you had. I think that was him, but I know firsthand that I filled out a SpaceX internship application and it asked for my SAT scores as, right, an, right. as a college that. student. And I mean, it's like, okay, come on. That's a little ridiculous, right? Like SAT scores, how is that re a reflection of me now as a, as a young engineering student? That was so long ago. I, I'm a transfer student, you know, like that, that, that I'm a different person than I was. I'm a different person than I was a year ago. Mm -hmm. You're asking me to show you my SAT scores from a long time ago. I'm not going to say exactly when, but a long time ago, right? Um, so, you know, what I would tell any student that, you know, is going to school and worried about their GPA is, you know, try not to lose sleep over it, but definitely don't let it slip if you could avoid it, of course, you know, right. and life happens, Um you know, you're, you, you might be working. I, I know firsthand I was working through community college um, and my first year at Cal Poly. Mm -hmm. um, and I know life gets busy, you know, things happen, you know, you have family, you have a girlfriend, you have a boyfriend, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to take away from that too. You only have one life to live, right? You want to live it. But so you, you also want to, you know, maintain your grades as much as you can. Um, one huge word of advice i could say if you're in community college if you're a freshman uh 
in community college or at university, you're going to be taking classes that you're not interested in. You're going to be taking biology. You're going to be taking chemistry. You're going to be taking, you know, general, general education classes, and you're not going to like them. You're, you're going to get bored of them. And because you're going to get bored of them, you're not going to want to do the work. You're going to let your grades slip in that class. And, you know, that grade that you, that class that you could potentially have an easy A in an A or B in, you know, if you get a C those that, that affects your grade and you can't really make that up. And, and, you know, I, I know I could, I speak for myself and I know a couple other students that would say, man, I wish I would have put in a little bit more hard work in community college because then my GPA would be a lot better now. Like, oh, yeah. like my overall GPA is not as high as my Cal Poly GPA. Yeah, right. Same. And, and I could, you know, I would, I would look like a much better student if my Cal Poly GPA was, you know, the same or close mm-hmm. uh, and they're not drastically far, but you know, you you're if you're doing why shoot yourself in the foot you know you're going to come to to your school to your university if you're a transfer student you're going to do so good in your core classes in your and get such a good major gpa that you know that those uh general ed classes are going to kill it and just bring you down it's not worth it you know Mm -hmm. so definitely um that was a tangent but gpa matters um it, it, it's not going to make or break you. It'll definitely help you out, you know? Um, but like Johnny said, experience is the most important thing. And that's a whole episode on its own, how you should get involved right. in every single project you can, that you have time for. Yeah. Um, because realistically, that is the way you're going to be learning things that you learn, you don't learn in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. I, I, I love the projects I'm in. I know Johnny, you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned a ton in them and, uh, those are, that's one thing I'm very grateful at our school is that we have so much exposure to all these really intense, really different kind of projects. Right. Yeah. Um, let me just add one more thing to it before yeah, I, go we, ahead. we wrap this up. But if I were to give one technical piece of advice, you know, if I were to be really technical about this, and I, I think some of you guys out there might appreciate this, it's try to stay above a 3.0 because a lot of applications ask for a GP above a 3.0. I'm not saying that yeah. you can't, you can't get an internship you won't be noticed. I'm not saying that you can't get a job with a GPA under 3.0, but it makes your life much easier if you can keep your GPA above a 3.0. And then also on top of that, try to get some experience, try to garner some experience, um, whether it be research, whether it be an, you know, an internship or whether it be a club or project. Show that you're involved, show that you're working with people, show that you're hands-on. And if you can, if you can you know, juggle those two things, I think you'll, you'll you know, I'm not saying that you're going to get an internship while you're at university, but you 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 have a fighting chance when you come out of university to have a job. It becomes much harder, I think, to you know have a chance at a job if you're under a 3.0 specifically. And so it's it's all about balance, right? But uh, just a technical piece of advice: if you can stay above a 3.0, that lets you be able to apply to you know all these applications that ask like, "What's your GPA?" Internship applications. I'm always noticing as I'm always applying. They're always asking for a GPA above a 3.0 as like the bare qualifications. Right. So yeah, yeah. I just, agree. Just a little piece of advice out there. That was good. Good bit of information. Mm-hmm. All right. What's our next myth? Our next myth are, are curves as fat as they actually are. Have You know, our engineering curves, our STEM curves, really that fat. Do you get a 50% boost off your grade? Do you? 
okay uh that's a good question um <laughs> this isn't isn't exactly black and white either um so before when i first transferred my first semester at cal poly pomona i was terrified um i had like johnny i had a, a huge mental breakdown multiple mental breakdowns um the first week of school when I transferred in. And it was just because this teaching style was so different. I was taking way more classes than I ever was. Um, and it was just a huge culture shock, right? Um, but one of the things I noticed is that the teachers I had were awful, were absolutely terrible. I'm not going to say who, but they were bad. <laughs> um, and so I reached out to my friend who was at the time, an electrical engineering student, he might be graduated by now. Um, and I just reached out to him and I said, dude, I'm not used to this. I'm freaking out. I kind of need you to like talk me off this ledge, so to speak. And he said, don't worry. The professors are hard. The materials hard, but the curves are fat. And, you know, the class that I was mostly worried about that semester was 3180. Um, wow. I, it depends. And I know that was a big buildup for me just to say it depends, but I think there is like, it, I think it depends on the professor, the class, the material. Some professors know that they teach hard classes. Like some of the classes that we take are hard. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and some of the professors know that they're teaching a hard class and they, they take it to the next level. And I don't know if it's because they're trying to like, you know, callous us or they're trying to, you know, see who has good potential and recruit us into their aerospace cult, whatever it may be. <laughs> um, but for one of our classes, um, one of our professors, you know, the class. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and out myself. That's fine. I don't, I'm not too worried about it. I did good in this class all semester. Okay. So I don't want to hear any, get any flack from this. I got an, like a 54 on the final for one of my classes. And I ended up with an A in that class. Uh, but I did good all semester. Um, and I know the professor curved. He told us that he curved and he, he was well aware that his tests are much harder. He, he told us the first day of class. He said, my tests are harder than any other professors on campus. I do curve because I'm such a hard teacher and I, I, I you know, put out hard material. Um, but that's like my only experience with it, really. Um, you know, there might be an occasional curve here or there. 3180, I think there was some de decent curvage in there. Um, <laughs> you know, especially now with the, the pandemic, I think some professors are, are considering curves as more um, suitable, I guess, because the learning environment is much different. But if you're coming into university and expecting every class to, you know, you go, you take a C, you take your C and turn it into an A, I don't think that's going to happen. No. And if that's what you're banking on, like, you're going to have to put in more work, right? I think Agreed. ultimately. Yeah. Um, there's those one-off classes, you know, you have hard material, hard tests, and some professors don't do it on purpose. Um, I've had professors say like, wow, I, I made this test much harder than I realized. And, and, and because of that, I'm going to curb it, but it's not like, it, it's not, it's not what you hear. I don't think it's, it's not, you know, like Johnny said, it's not taking your 50 every time and turning it into an A. Um, there might be schools like that. 
but you know, I haven't had experience with that in our department at least. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm right there with you. You know, I, I had this expectation. I've always heard of this engineering curve and I've had a couple of friends say like, yeah, they were in engineering when I was a, um, you know, CC and they're like, yeah, the engineering that the fat was, you know, not the fat, the curve was fat. Like I got like a 30% boost. I'm like, so you went from like a C to an A and they're like, yeah, like, that's crazy. How did the rest of the class do? And they're like, oh, they did worse than I did. I'm like, man, dude, your class must be so hard. (laughs) And, you know, I was expecting this kind of stuff. And the fattest curve I've ever gotten was a 10% curve. And that was one class. Right. And then every other class prior to that class, the curve I got was maybe a two or 3% curve. And that kind of is on par with, I would say other, other, you know, majors. Right. (laughs) Potentially. And so um, if, if you guys are hearing rumors of an engineering curve being fat, I would lower your expectation. And when it does happen, it's, you know, it's Merry Christmas to you. Right. Yeah. But aside from that, I would say, you know, just, just try your best. Right. Um, of course you can kind of feel out how the professor might respond. Um, again, as Andrew said, it's, it's on a, it's, it's, there's so many variables that go into whether or not the curve is going to be as good as you hear it to be. Right. Um, how nice is the professor? How hard is the class? How well are the students doing in that class for that certain semester or, you know, that specific test, right? It could be even like based off the difficulty of that one individual test. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think you guys should not be relying on um, a curve to be able to save your grade from being, you know, an A or save it from being an F, I meant. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not the expectation. You you go in and you do your best. And if the curve is good, you know, that then that's that benefits you, right? But I, I go into generally every single class with no expectation of a curve. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Andrew does as well. We just go in and we just always try our best. And, you know, it's either, and, and usually it's like, it's either everybody fails, right? Or the professor understands and, and you know, curves the class, right? But, you know, we're all trying, I mean, I hope, you know, my classmates, Andrew, you know, like we're all trying our best to try to just, survive the class or try to you know get an A in the class that's like that's our mentality we're not going in um with the hope that the curve is going to be our crutch to be able to get away with an easy a right i actually i you know judge me if you want um i go into most classes um with the idea that i will be setting the curve that's because i have a friend who who's very competitive um and he like he says that he says, Oh, I'm gonna set the curve. I'm gonna set the curve. And so me and him have this silent competition where we always trying to, I think, one up each other a little bit. Um, I'm not gonna name drop him, but you know, if if you could go into a class and you know have that mentality that you want to set the curve, then you'll be good. You'll be in a really good place because yeah. then you never have to worry about, you know, falling behind or you know, not you're not doing good. People probably won't like you. Right. Like if they find out that you're the one that, you know, screwing up their, their, their C to B transition, but you know, it is what it is. You're not going to school for them. You're putting in the work for yourself. That's right. Shoot for the stars, land on the moon. That's how <laughs> That's you do right. it. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Obviously since Andrew's not name dropping, it's not me that he's been competitive with. So, hey. <laughs> but I'm doing the same thing, but I'm just not as good. Andrew's, Andrew's real smart. <laughs> no. All right. All right. So curves are not as fat as you expect them to be. Just go in and, you know, just do your best. All right. Let's go with our last one. We know we're going a little bit long, but I think this one will be relatively short. I don't know about you, Andrew. Do you think engineering students are socially awkward? No, I don't think that that holds true. There are some, some 
people I've met, but you know, every, every major has some people that are socially awkward. Right. Right. And, and like, I, I could even make the argument that I'm a bit socially awkward and you could probably do the same for yourself. I mean, no, you know, no, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but every major it's like, just because why because we sit in like library all day or sit now sit at home and study that we don't have any social skills like you said the thing and if, if for those that you like have decided to read the description of our podcast that is a play on engineering's being socially awkward um but no i don't i don't think that uh every engineering student is socially awkward there definitely is some um but like i said every major every every everybody every group of people is going to have you know their oddballs and even then socially awkward people they're cool like john you said it yourself you love being in that awkward situation i personally don't but you said it yourself you enjoy that that awkwardness no but okay yeah all right you're gonna just throw me under the bus that was never (laughs) even mentioned in our podcast but that was a conversation we had outside the podcast but yeah now i'm right there with you for the most part andrew i think i think what it is is there are more people that are socially awkward in engineering potentially however you know it it, you know it it might be a higher percentage but that doesn't speak for the entire community i guess or the entire major in a sense so yeah like everybody every group is going to have socially awkward people i think but you know that that doesn't mean that most people in engineering are socially awkward i personally don't think i'm that socially awkward but when something is awkward, I'm hoping that I'm the one that induced it and I'm the one that caused it. And it was intentional <laughs> and I'm making the person feel awkward. And like, I, I really revel those moments. So those are really fun for me, but um, I don't think oh, I hate people. <laughs> Wait, what? I hate those awkward moments. I like, like the bane of my existence. Yeah. I always have that like panic attack. I'm like, it wasn't me. Did I do something wrong or you know, what caused this awkwardness? Right. No, I, I mean, I, I think I have those moments too, but I, I really enjoy it when, when people give me like this weird side, I'm like, did, did he just do that? And everybody's just quiet and they're all staring at me and I'm just, I'm like smiling, but you know, yeah. I mean, like I said, like, you know, most people in engineering, I, I believe are not socially awkward. You are going to find those people in engineering and you might find more people in engineering than other places. But I think based off hearing our conversation that we're even having right now, we're, we're not missing out on social cues, right? We're, we're, I feel like we're mostly for the most part being socially acceptable <laughs> conversationalists that are able to hold the conversation and are not, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happens with, you know, what, what missing out on social cues are like, but yeah, again, I, I, I believe these are, this is another myth debunked myth. So, you know, most people in engineering are not socially awkward. Andrew, what's your verdict on it? I agree. Myth busted. Myth busted. Man, that was my favorite show. That was uh, that, you know, arguably that that show is probably the reason one of the big reasons I'm where I am today. Like I, you know, like, again, I'm probably going to get, you know, blasted for this if this ever gets out there, like this podcast blows up or whatever. But, you know. Adam Savage is when like, it does, not if. Yeah, yeah, you're right. When it Speaking does. Into Speaking into existence. Aeroholics Anonymous. Share it with your friends and your folks. <laughs> um, Adam Savage is like one of my, like that is my my person, my like one of my role models, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like some people, it's Elon Musk or 
Tony Stark, right? Even though he's a fictional character, Adam Savage is like my guy. If I could meet somebody, it would probably be him. Let's bring him on, dude. Let's Adam Savage. If you ever hear this, when you hear this, speaking <laughs> into existence, you are more than welcome on the show. If you're, you know, feeling generous and want to welcome me to your shop, I will drive up there. I will go there and go with you. Yes. Yeah, let's let's put a gate right here and say that if you're if you want to be an engineer, you have to have love Mythbusters. <laughs> it's I'm our, kidding. We're, we're, we're joking. Yeah, we're gatekeeping it right there. Now, Jackie. Yeah. So 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 let's let's do this. If our hundredth hundredth episode, Adam Savage. That's who we're getting. Wow, we got to slow down. Okay. <laughs> or we got to speed up is probably the right way to say it, right? We got to start. We got to we got to get our team on it asap. Yeah. For Just those of you me. that That's don't know, yeah, I was going to say we don't have a team. <laughs> there is no team. But if you're interested, send your emails. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No teams here. No teams. Um, here. No teams. But um, I think that I think that uh, we 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 got some good good myths busted and some uh, we you know. So let's just recap. All nighters, Johnny. Busted. Oh, that's a fake. That's a fake. Uh, what about math? You got to be good at math. Oh, absolutely not. Initially, initially, okay. you got to get good at math at one point, right? Actually, yeah. no, you could still be bad at math, but I know a lot of engineers that are bad at math. Yeah, I don't know how they get by, right? And that'll be another episode <laughs> itself. But like, you don't have to like be like a prodigy at math, is what we'll say. Yeah, I agree. Right away, GPA that's that fine line that you know depends. It depends. depends. It depends. I think experience uh, is a long term investment, but GPA is a short term investment. We'll say. And curves? Again, it depends, but I think for the most part, it's not going to be that fat. All right. There you hear it. There you have it. Um, the last one was awkwardness. And I we think, definitely are. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I wish we had like a perfect awkward social moment right now, but I guess, you know, we'll take what we got. Um, but that is it for episode two of the Airholics Anonymous podcast. Johnny, you have anything else to say? Uh, I, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. It went a little bit longer than what we had planned for, but that's fine. You know, we're yeah. just having conversation and we're just chilling here. And so we really hope you enjoyed it. You know, if you guys want to reach out to us, you know, and say, Hey, I don't think what you said is correct. I think you guys are wrong. We're open to that critique. Crit critique. Did I just say critique? Wow. We're what a socially awkward engineer. Oh, darn it. I can't <laughs> speak. Oh um, yeah. So we're open to that criticism or if you guys want to shoot out more ideas about, you know, um, other topics we can talk about, or if you guys want to add on to the list of other engineering school myths that you guys have talked and, you know, have heard about, or you guys have experienced yourselves, uh, go ahead and, you know, reach out to us at Aeroholics anonymous podcast at gmail.com. We're going to try to put out more, you know, social media links out there in the near future. But for that, for now, you can reach out to us there. Yep. Anything else you want to say, Andrew? No, reach out, drop questions. If you're like a student, you know, you have a specific question. We might not have an answer for you, but we'll try to figure something out or get some advice from somebody. Um, we'll do the best we can. Um, if you know you, like Johnny said, you want to drop a topic, drop an episode, feel free to do it in the email. If you want to hate on us, go ahead. We're just going to throw it in the trash. So I'm just kidding. Um, no, but yeah, reach out. Um, yeah. And that's it, man. Yeah, Aeroholics Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com, guys. That's right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Johnny, go ahead and lead us out. All right. 
we out. <laughs> Later, guys. 